0: You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks, coming to you, recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And it is time for an all new episode of Let's Talk About. Uh, this is your first time listening to Let's Talk About. Welcome. Thank you for checking out the show. Let's Talk About is a chat show where I am joined by a guest each week. We talk about their life, their loves, and a movie that has had an impact on them. Sometimes that kind of changes, especially if I have the guest on, like, a lot. <laughs> and, and this week's guest I've had on the show a lot, so I already know a lot about him and you already know a lot about him if you've listened to the show before uh, my guest this week is Charlie Eccles uh, just one of my favorites like really just just one of my favorite people um, I do want to say before I kind of dive into any of that Charlie stuff uh, uh, this is the last episode of the month the the end of October the end of our Halloween mini-series, our our scary movie-a-thon. I did complete my Hooptober list. Uh, All 31 movies and three extra credit movies. Pachow! Um, Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy about that. I feel accomplished. I feel good. Uh, I also feel kind of bummed that this season is over. (laughs) Like, I do. I just get... I don't know. I think... October's a weird month for me like there are uh, things that I hate about this month um, and then there are things that I really enjoy about this month it's like usually once I get to the last like week of October I am in full on uh, Halloween party mode uh, and then it's over just boom, in the blink of an eye it's done and then we move on to Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, and sometimes people want to push Christmas on us Uh, much earlier than we're ready for. And why, why do that? Why, why ruin a good thing (laughs) by making Christmas too long, uh, and making Halloween too short. Don't, don't, don't fuck this up for me. So (laughs) that's, that's kind of my, my thoughts on the seasons. Uh, but I finished Hooptober. Uh, this has been a fun, fun run. Um, so I am, uh, Excited with that, uh, and it kind of gave me the idea that I want to do more themed months, even if they're not like official letterboxed themed months. Um, just things that I want to kind of gear my movie viewing towards. I probably won't go uh, with like thirty-one titles, but you know, fifteen to twenty, like particular watches for a, for certain months. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So maybe I'll do that. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's not anything you care about. What you're here for is you're here to hear. You're here. You're here to hear Charlie talk about his movie of the week. So without further ado, pop your popcorn, grab your soft drink, kick back, relax, and let's talk about The Exorcist.
1: Where'd this come from? I found it. Well, let's both put it. You really don't want me to play? Captain Howdy said no. Who's Captain Howdy? You're gonna die up there. I need reassignment. You're the best we've got. I think I've lost my faith. Is there someone inside you?
0: Sometimes. Who is it? I don't know.
1: Is it Captain Howdy? Have you ever heard of exorcism?
0: How do you go about getting an exorcism? I
1: beg your pardon. I'm Damien Carras. I'd like to help you. Where's Reagan? In here with us. I believe we should begin Avoid conversations with the demon. The demon is a liar. <gasps> he will mix lies with the truth. Why, me To attack us. Oh, no. Do not listen.
0: That thing isn't
1: my daughter. It is she who commands you. The power of Christ
0: compels you. What an excellent day for an exorcism. All right, everyone, welcome to an all-new episode of Let's Taco Bout. If you can tell by me playing the trailer right off the bat, uh, that means things are a little different today. And the reason things are a little different today is because I am joined by a guy who's been on the show more times than I have. Uh, (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Charlie Eccles, Charlie, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, dude.
1: I've definitely not been on your own show more than yes, you have. That's true. But that's true. I may be the longest running guest. I don't know if I if I'm still if I'm in the running with that. I know there like, were. seemed like there was like a four way tie at yeah, one time. Yeah, like
0: I know it's I know it's you and Jameson. Like I feel like you and Jameson are pretty much sense. like neck neck and neck. Um. You know, Blake and Derek, I don't think they count anymore since we do a show together. So they're just kind of like, you know, if they pop up on here, it's it's just, it feels like it's a a criteria, another criterion break. Uh, But between like, you know, regular guests, I feel like you and Jameson are probably at the top. Uh, Then Jess Johansson, uh, Casey Kelderman, you know, the, the, the murderer's row of local podcast guests as i'd like to call it so that's a uh, that's
1: a good list to be among right there right good company uh that charlie is... uh
0: how's how's life how's how's everything going We'll we'll start off really casual like this is just gonna be like the most casual episode of the show i've ever done <laughs> i think even though we're talking about like uh a the movie most that terrifying
1: movie ever right?
0: Like this, this movie for me is an institution uh, and we'll, yeah. we'll get into all of that because this is, this really uh, eventually is going to turn into an exorcist love fest. Uh, but, <laughs> but for now, uh, Charlie, how's it going? How you doing? How's life?
1: Good, man. I'm really good. I'm, you know, I, I have a toddler now, so I yeah. think there's just the, this, it, I think it, you, you you hear other people complaining about having a toddler until you have a toddler. You're like, I get that now. You're like <laughs> you're just perpetually tired. <laughs> you're just yeah. there's yeah. no such thing as like there's no such thing as like a full night of sleep anymore. Because sure. it, it life is such a catch twenty-two. You think that like one you'll get a night away to yourself where it's just by yourself, you're like, Oh my god, I can have eight hours of sleep. But then yeah you in in the midst of that eight hours you realize that your wife and kid are not there and you've, you have a panic attack and then you wake yourself up and you have to just settle <laughs> yourself down to go back to sleep <laughs> and this so is,
0: this is too much anxiety for me this is this is yeah. one of the most a- anxiety inducing things I think I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's exactly what it is and you know i you're just perpetually you, you learn to roll with it i guess it, yeah like but my, i mean my kid's good my wife is yeah. good um everything with the stampede is good i've uh good. i've since quote unquote retired from pro wrestling i think since yeah. the last time you and i uh got a chance to sit down and talk on here anyway i uh, i know i mean <laughs> not to peel back the wall a little bit you and i talk almost every day every, it's like every single day well like yeah whatever
0: if if there's ever a moment during this conversation on the podcast where i sound shocked to hear anything uh full disclosure i'm uh, uh acting yeah <laughs> I, I, I pretty much know everything going on with charlie all yeah the time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly exactly exactly
1: exactly yeah. and i you so yeah, that's right? the right that's the best part is that you know we get to have these casual conversations and i love coming on here once a year it's like yeah. i get to log where i'm at in my life and then go back yeah. and i'm like oh yeah i get to and i'll go back and listen sometimes and like oh yeah this is where i was three years ago this is and i I hope to one day show my daughter like, hey, you were actually asleep while I was recording this. You know, you were you know, you were two weeks old when we recorded this one. This was great. So
0: I- I'm yeah. going to think of my show like the PlayStation 2 memory card of your life, Charlie, yeah. <laughs> where we've got different little save points here and there uh, and you can kind of go back and, you know, if you want to if you want to start from this point, you can start here. Yes, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a PlayStation Two memory card. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's like a, an N64 memory pack that you throw on the controller. Yeah, and yeah, it, that's what Fat Dude Digs Flicks is for my life. <laughs> and if I ever forget where I left off, I just throw on Fat Dude Digs Flicks, and so I remember where to start up again.
0: Oh, it's so all you got to do. Where it's a our our podcast here is a, a convenient life tool. I think. yes. <laughs> 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 uh, I want to talk for a second. I want to talk about the the retiring from wrestling thing. Uh, okay. because you you worked that in to a storyline which yeah, I, I did. think is really cool because it's like I, I always feel like some of the most interesting stories from like you know uh, WWE uh, are, are kind of when they and, and even in the the WCW when they could kind of work the <laughs> announcers <laughs> and and commentators into the stories it wasn't always centered around them but like when they would kind of be involved in an angle that i was just like oh okay everybody's getting a chance to to be part of the story Mm -hmm. i want to hear what the whole I, i guess just just tell us the story of you uh putting your microphone down uh in pro wrestling
1: yeah so i mean and i mean full. <laughs> this is really funny i said that i uh, i retired but then i came back for super for the super con yeah. show yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, wrestling
0: um, is never say never <laughs> yes
1: and i mean it's and you, they always say you never retire you always mm-hmm. just you've had your last match type of thing yeah. uh yeah. and I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I, I shouldn't even say that I retired, if I'm going to be honest here. Yeah. It's like, do you plan to go back? Um, right. We just, I just didn't know what the timeline would look like for me to go back. So, and yeah. I still don't, so, you know, I don't know what it'll look like if I, if and when I decide to go back permanently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's things that I'm working on uh, privately that I've shared with you, but I will yeah. not share publicly that I'm. Yeah. Really hoping to will come into fruition in in the next few years that involve pro wrestling, um, right? So I mean, if there are any uh, any people in the Midwest who have seen me on shows, like I will be back. I'm working on things, and I'm hoping that we can do something kind of cool. Uh, that's yeah. all I'm going to say about that. But yeah. uh, so what happened? You know, and so remind last time you and I spoke had. Had or had not strife passed away? I'm trying to recall.
0: I I feel like the last time you were on the show was Boondock Saints, so that would have been like last Christmas season. So I think I think yes, I think he had passed away. Okay, that was it was
1: late. Yeah,
0: yeah, late 2022. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, because it was. In between Christmas and New Year's that uh, yeah. Jason Strife had passed away. Sure. Um. So I did, I had been doing the Stampede and I had decided that I was done on the road for wrestling for a while. Uh, and the reason I, it was because I was doing the Stampede. I'm also in college part-time. I have a full-time job. I've got my daughter. I've got my wife. Uh, it was really hard to balance all those things. And I. Uh, Though I love wrestling and wrestling was like one of the first things that I really and still am truly passionate about, it was time to let it rest for a little bit because I had the Stampede thing going on. That was going really well, and it was new and exciting. Uh, I had local stuff going on. That was still going really well. Um, and then uh, school was going okay. I uh, school is school. Like we'll just say that. Like <laughs> yeah. school is school. There's there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes the tunnel just is longer than mm-hmm. than uh, than it is at at other times. So yeah. Um. The problem with having all these all these things uh, up in the air was that I wasn't spending as much time with my family as I would like, right. and I really wanted to spend more time with my family. Mm-hmm. Um. So I. I did one last show that they did as a dedication show to Jason Strife uh, after he had passed. Uh, and it, it felt like a, I think at, at that show I had kind of like really known that wrestling was, I had to start winding it down a little bit yeah. uh, at least temporarily. Um, Cause that was a good last little hurrah. We had about, four to 500 people at the show, obviously, you know, at, it was in Omaha and Jason Strife was, it, it is still to this day, loved very much down there. Um, and yeah. still loved up here, here in Sioux Falls too. And we miss him to, to death, right. but we did, uh, but we, I did that show and there was some storylines going on in Sioux Falls. And I was honestly I, at that point, I was starting to look for a time that would fit in for me to go. And I, I really wanted to make sure it was done right. I think I had earned over the last seven years. I think I've earned at the pro wrestling audience in Sioux Falls and in Omaha specifically. I think I've earned their trust. And yeah. I felt like I got a chance to say goodbye to Omaha for a little while. Uh, and I think I really wanted to make sure I did something special for Sioux Falls because a, that was my first audience and B, that was my audience. That was the audience that I was a part of. So I wanted to give them, a, do something and be, be involved in a story. And, you know, I was always like, I would interject myself into certain things. It wouldn't be like full night stories. It would always just be like you know, the heel comes out and says this and I would pull out my phone and be like nope I got a phone call you've got to wrestle the undertaker or whatever shit I would say you know that's yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know and so I I had kind of found that window and and we we did a show where we crowned our first champion with our new promotion in Sioux Falls uh, and he had kind of pulled some heel shit in it and i the the big baby face brandon nitro was going to be going for the title yeah and so i had pitched to them i said hey you know i've got to be done i've got to spend more time with my family we've got summer coming up um i just don't have the time for wrestling like i used to and this is what i would like to do so um in real life, Brandon Nitro, the big baby face, is one of my best friends. Uh, he he and I have been on the road together for seven years. And he and I genuinely, we love one another. We talk to each other. I talk to Brandon just about as much as I talk to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. you <know? laughs> and, um, so it felt really heartwarming to know that I was going to be in there. And so I pitched the idea that <clears throat> I would put my career on the line uh and we're peeling back the curtain a little bit here but uh we i pitched the idea that i would put my career on the on the line because the new champion was refusing to defend his title and what and i said if you put your title on the line i would i and if you can win tonight you can have my career and yeah. there was always like an underlying rivalry between the 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 one heel manager and myself because he, he was the, the big heel manager. He would always come and commentate with me. Uh, and then I, he'd always come and screw with me in the ring. I would get some comeuppance on him type of thing. And so we, we always had like this little underlying rivalry that has been going for like three, three or four years. I forget how long Mike has been doing this, but and yeah. we had Mike and I have really good chemistry too. Like I, yeah. I think I, I really trust Mike and I think, people really believe that, you know, Mike and I hate each other and, you know, we'll leave it at that. And, but we have, we've got really good chemistry when we're in there. There's no doubt, you know, Mike's an asshole, but (laughs) there's no doubt in my mind that there's, there's something special when Mike and I are talking to one another in the ring, there's something, there's like a spark there. So I, so I put my career on the line. Uh, We lost in that matchup. Uh, due to some, some, you know, cheating on the heels part. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's how I wanted to go. Uh, I wanted yeah. to make sure that there was a new guy going over. I wanted to make sure my friend got a little uh, little bit of spotlight in this. Uh, I wanted to make sure... You know, and I had pitched uh, an even longer storyline that didn't come to fruition, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what would have what would have happened was we would, we would have continued that I would have been gone. And then I would have returned at SuperCon And that's when Brandon would have finally won the championship. And I, you know, the storyline is that Brandon was a, that I had pitched was Brandon would eventually put his career on the line as well. And then I would come and come back and, and be the one to award the championship back to Brandon. so um that was that was what was pitched it's not what what happened uh which is fine you know and that's just because schedules and different things went you know went kind of haywire there were some good opportunities for brandon there were some really good opportunities for Alvin Falcone, who was the champion, you know, they're both doing awesome things out on the indies. And yeah. you know, they're in, in a way, those two have really, I'm not going to say outgrown, but they, they've let their line, sh- their light shine in other promotions. Throughout the Midwest. So, and and I'm really proud of the two of them and what they've done in pro in in wrestling here between Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota. I mean, those, those two, especially, I mean, they seem to be chasing one another everywhere they go and they're, they're putting on some really great matches separately. So I'm really proud of what they're doing now. I'm really proud of the story. We, we got some genuine tears, uh, throughout the audience and, you know, that's, I'm really the one thing that I I think I told you, I think I told Casey that I it was going to be my last show. <clears throat> Casey yeah. filmed. Well, I did definitely tell Casey because he was there filming yeah. uh, some stuff that could eventually be something fun for him to put together. Um, and then I, I didn't tell anyone else. I told my wife. Sure. And she showed up to the show. And I told, you know, I told the the three guys involved in the match that this was what was going on. Um, We didn't tell anybody in the back. Uh, We didn't until the day of, it was just, we kept it secret and we wanted to make sure the fans that this was a genuine surprise for them. And that's so freaking rare, especially with local wrestling because you know, every guy is talking to every fan and you know, they know every little secret. Everybody's an insider. So for us to be able to to keep something secret and quote unquote stick to kayfabe in this case. And, (laughs) you know, it's because wrestling, just like movies, it's about it's about generating and eliciting a genuine response. It's not it's not about, you know, I, I, I don't i don't love that we're so inside with wrestling i understand mm-hmm. it and right. i i'm guilty of watching uh, a lot of this insider stuff but it's about that uh, about eliciting a genuine reaction so when mm-hmm. we can keep some secrets about what the ending is going to be make sure everybody's actually shocked and th- that's that's only going to generate buzz for the next show so that's what we yeah. wanted to that's really what we wanted to do was generate some buzz, um, and what ended up happening was I was I retired one show, and then at the next show there was a wrestler who actually ended up having to retire, so he took yeah. my spot as the ring announcer. So it oh, worked sure. out. It, so it worked out really well uh, that yeah. you know I was able to to step away, he was able to to protect himself physically and do and he's been learning to do my job and that was also why i came back at supercon is that he's been doing the commentary and he has openly stated like hey i'm not comfortable with with this and so we just go back and forth i'm like let me work with you one night i'll i'll do the color side of things you do the play-by-play and we'll we'll work on it you know the first match is going to be awful but the last match is going to be awesome that's just what we do so yeah yeah
0: it's a journey it's a journey it and i think i think it's a thing too where it's like you know sometimes the best way for people to kind of find their like their skill set is just to kind of like Go for it. And I think having somebody guide them along the way, it's quite a story, Charlie, because we're going we're going from your adventure, like kind of handing off the reins to somebody else to do the thing that you've done, you know, and they've been successful in another side of the thing uh, of the whole wrestling business. And then they kind of move into something else. And now it's like, okay, well, what what can they do to kind of make themselves better? And I think just like the training aspect of wrestling having someone who knows the ropes <laughs> knows the ropes yeah. <laughs> um i did it i did it you uh, did it but, you did it <laughs> <laughs> but but knows kind of how it works on the uh the actual like verbal storytelling side of things to to help you know generate help the wrestlers generate a response to the thing that they're doing in the ring uh, mm-hmm. yeah i just think it's awesome so well, yeah, what a what a journey, Charlie. Yeah, what a, what and it a, was what
1: a ride. it was awesome, you know. And I got to uh my my wife brought my daughter to her first wrestling show for my last wrestling show and awesome. that was it, it was really cool cuz usually like I, I and I believe at the time we were still on a two nap schedule. Yeah. we could have been. <laughs> I want to say we yeah. were still doing two naps. Um we were trying to break that cycle but we were still on a two nap schedule and we're my wife and i <laughs> i i definitely sound a lot more laid back to people when they meet me until they see my like my style of parenting when i when sure. i'm like when especially when it comes to nap time like nope it's 7 30 we go <laughs> we're in the bath at seven yeah. thirty. right um
0: it's time
1: <laughs> yeah but you know the show went until 8 15 almost 8 30 and my kid stayed up and watched yeah. the whole thing and i saw her in the audience and like oh man that was i got to take her and we got to go like pal around in the ring just a little bit when she when the show was over yeah and yeah that it was really special to have my wife and my kid there um and I hope that she gets to go to more wrestling shows. I hope that, and even if she doesn't like wrestling, I hope that she finds <laughs> something that she cares about the way that I've cared about wrestling for the, yeah. the last, you know, 35 years now. And yeah. I, I I genuinely hope she finds something she's passionate about with that. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think just, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's cool that she went. I think it's cool that she enjoyed it. And I kind of feel like. You know, if that's something that you two do together in, in mm-hmm. one way or another, that's something that's gonna uh stick with her as something super special. So I just think that's great. Yeah. Uh you you stunned a guy, didn't you? Did you did you did you not stun a guy in <laughs> I your stunned final two
1: guys? Whoa. I stunned two guys. I gave <laughs> all right, we're gonna peel back the curtain a little bit. Yeah. Um yeah. I I've never done a wrestling move in my life,
0: in my <laughs> life.
1: I've left it to the professionals. Um, yeah. I've, and I'm not an athlete. Okay. This is, I am verbally, I, I, I like I, I have the gift of gab when it comes to professional wrestling. I have the gift yeah. of gab when I'm in front of a crowd. I don't know if yeah. I can do what you do necessarily as far as like with the podcasting. Cause I, sure. I think I, I really need that live audience uh, right, more right. so than anything, but the but I I, I have that's where my gifts lie. That's where I've always wanted to go. So my last night, I was just like, we're we're talking about what we're going to do for the match, and and for the first time, I get input in an, in a match here. You know, I've always made recommendations of what could what could or should happen to people that I think would work. But we talked about it. Uh, we came up with it, with an ending. Um, So what was going to happen was I was going to go into the ring because Mike was going to going to stop Brandon from hitting his finisher. I was going to get in the ring, hit a stutter and throw Mike out of the ring. And uh, then at the end of it, you know, something something happens. I get dumped. Yeah. And the and at the end of it, I give Alvin Falcone a a stutter as well. Yeah. And (laughs) so. What happens is Brandon goes up for his finisher, but the, but we were not told that they were going to tease his finisher twice. He goes oh, up okay. to for his finisher the first time Mike jumps, jumps in the ring. I hit the ring stunner out goes Mike. And I hear, <laughs> I hear one of the wrestlers behind me go too early too <laughs> early I'm like oh shit I gotta get out of the ring and <laughs> like so I get out of the ring and we we improvise the ending um yeah I get up on the ropes I get dumped I and Brandon loses i I crawl to the corner I give Falcon a stutter and end of the match now I had asked both of them, like, may I please throw a stone-cold stunner? <laughs> like, the the most markiest part of me needs to throw a st- stone-cold stunner before I die. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it just has to yeah. – so I uh, I practiced that stutter five or six times. Yeah. No problems. No problems. Sure. No problems. It looked beautiful, too. Like, yeah. I knew I couldn't – like, in my mind, I'm like, I can't, like – Go hop on on one foot. I have to do two feet in the air, land on my ass, or yeah. this is gonna look like shit. Like it has to be. I have to go for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, heat of the moment. Second stunner's coming up. I, I hit the first stunner. on am no problem. Second stunner's coming up. I go. I jump. <laughs> All right, get both feet in the air, and instinctively, my left hand. Tries to catch me as I'm coming down, oh. and I bust my wrist. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I so I knew I had did something. I thought I just sprained it. Sure, sure. I I got up, and I'm holding my wrist. What what most people don't know is that I've I took one bump. I've only taken one other bump. And that was five years ago when I played musical chairs with, with Eugene. <laughs> I told him I have to be – I got talked into doing it. I was the first one out, and I told the guy who was behind me, I said, you have to push me. You have to push me as hard as you can. I can't sell this. You have to push me. I turned around. He pushed me. Sold it great. That's my first bump ever. Nice. My second bump is is me hitting my wrist. That first bump that I took playing musical chairs, my wife came up to me and she goes, you told me you weren't doing anything in the ring (laughs) because that was her first ever wrestling show. Yeah. And I said, sorry, I got talked into doing it. And she goes, please no more. So I went five years without doing another bump. (laughs) And that second bump, I broke my wrist. Yeah my wife is in the audience for this one as well. Yeah. I pick myself up and I'm grabbing my wrist. And the first thing I said, when I stood up, I looked at Brandon Nitro and I said, my wife's going to say, I told you so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and As soon as I got out and I saw her and I gave her a kiss at the railing, she goes, you hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You're like god damn it god damn it so yep sure did <laughs> yep so uh, a couple days later i you know it's hurting i'm taking ibuprofen it whatever yeah. i'm thinking i just sprained it bad a couple days later uh, you know i work in a treatment center so we have a, we have a doctor on site i i look down at my wrist and the entire outside side of it is bruised And I look at the inside and I've got little bruises kind of throughout it and I walk up to my doctor and I said, Hey, I, I did, I did this.
0: What do you think I should
1: do? And she said, you should, you're 35 years old. I don't know what you did to do it, but your wrist is broken. You need to go get an x-ray. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, your, anyway. Your second bump, you
1: botched it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. anything and can happen, man. And
0: they're throwing up the X.
1: <laughs> anything can happen. I had to give my goodbye speech after that with a broken oh, wrist. Oh, man. So.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That was my first it broken was, bone ever, too. It was your homage to both Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kurt Angle. Yeah. Uh, all and the same. I broke my freaking wrist.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It's all healed up now. I mean, I only had to wear yeah. the brace for four weeks. It was fine.
0: That's <laughs> nothing. That's
1: nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, and no surgery. I'm fine. Yeah, it, yeah. it was fine. Yeah. So it clicks. You got to, you got to stun a guy. Who cares? Yeah. You're, guess... you're, you're fine. You dealt with it. I, I know, right? <laughs> but oh, yeah, so anyway, man. that was my last night and I took the summer off, uh, of doing anything like absolutely anything aside from work. Uh, my wife got to take two vacations because lo and behold, I had time to, (laughs) so she got to be gone for two weeks or for a a week for one vacation, a week for another vacation. And then we took a week long vacation, uh, in there and my wife is able to do that because she's a teacher so she had the summer off and yeah. i got to spend two weeks alone with my kid that was <laughs> awesome um and then we got back into school and stampede is up and running now and i'm working on projects and uh, yeah we're life is good man
0: keeping keepin busy charlie that's yeah. what you do it's there's never never a dull moment you just got to keep never. that That Charlie train chugging along. (laughs) I know, I know, I know
1: the the problem that I have right now is that I'm working on projects so secretly, and I'm not used to that. I, you know, there's as much as I like, I I like getting these projects out there and seeing the end result. There's a little part of me that likes the the attention of of all of this too. I mean, I mean, (laughs) I I host things, so I mean, but yeah. So now that I'm working on things, (laughs) working on things in silence it's really hard not to tell everybody what I'm working on. So, I mean, this is, yeah, it's it's been pretty cool. I
0: mean, I, I can't even, I can't even imagine like, cause what's it like to be, you know, know that you have these ideas that uh, you're super excited about and you are you're a person who is uh, very genuine when you're sharing your excitement with other people it's like oh this is gonna happen this is gonna be so cool and you can't you can't yeah. say anything to anyone because of you know where you're at in the planning stages because it's you know an idea that's still kind of in that like okay uh, the, the, it's still in the hunting gathering phase and yeah yeah be like oh, yeah how is how how difficult is this for you charlie to just kind of hold on to an idea and not be able to
1: gab the way that you like to gab you know i think it's probably good for me (laughs) if i'm being real honest like you know because i think yeah that's i I i'm again i i don't want to share what i've been working on um right it but um my genuine worry with this speci- with these specific ideas that I'm working on, is that if they're not done right, it's going to look like everything else that has failed before it. So, I'm working on and what I'm. I mean, I'll share this. One of the things I'm working, I, I, on, yeah, one of the things I'm actually working on is a business plan uh, in order to make this. And come to fruition because in order to make this come to fruition, I need to have actual backing in order to have that actual backing. I need to have, have a plan on how this is going to be successful. So this is, I I've talked to, I've talked to numerous people about, Mm -hmm. uh, about the idea that I have and I'm, I'm gathering a lot of information and that's where I'm at right now. So I don't, I don't want to give up too much of that. Right. I will, you know, as far as to go back to your question, for me to not yeah. be like, "Hey, guess what? I, I want to do this in yeah. this time." Like that is difficult for me because, but I, I think I need to grow up a little bit and not put the sure. not put the cart before the horse. And yeah, you know i i gotta have I gotta have something. I gotta have something to go along with this because it's, it's something cool, uh, and I think it's different. And i yeah. I want to I want to get that idea out there, but I want to make sure I have the answers to all to the questions that people are going to ask about it. I don't want to like, just say we're going to do this, and then it's and then everybody's like, "Oh, well, wh- how, what are we going to do about this?" Oh, I never thought about that. Like no, I want to make sure I come up with those questions and have answers for them. So that's where I'm at. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the the uh like kind of being publicly quiet about it and getting a chance to kind of work behind the scenes, that gives you a a huge opportunity to really craft it to perfection. And yeah. I think uh I think that gives you the chance. And I think you know, I think you get to learn a little, like you said, I got to grow up. I think you get to learn a little bit of like that, that self-control, that impulse control. Yeah. To be like, I'm not going to talk about this thing. Cause you're like, I, I suck at surprises. I suck at surprises. Yeah. I hate it. I hate keeping, keeping secrets, anything like that. Uh, but to to have something that you need to hold on to, because once it comes out, it's going to be. Uh, could potentially be incredible yeah mm-hmm. hold on to it just just mm-hmm. keep that little nugget of joy for yourself for the time being yeah but yeah man, I, I i can only imagine the
1: the struggle of uh wanting
0: to say something
1: and yeah. not <laughs> well you, you know me so well too i mean like yeah. you, you know I, i'm a I'm a lot of flash when it comes sure. to the like, you know, I, that's why people put me in the positions that I'm in is that I'm a hype man. And right, like, that's, that's what I do. But you know, here's, I mean, here's the reality of it. If, it, if, and when this, the, the stuff that I'm working on, it can come to fruition. There's going to be a lot of doubters that, that come out of the woodwork for this. And yeah. that's something I like, I got to prepare myself for, cause I got to, I got to deal with the hatred along with the excitement. Cause I think there's going to be a lot more, there's going to be a lot more of that and and a lot less of the people who are genuinely excited about it. So I got to, I got to work on converting those haters is what it is. So.
0: Yep. And I think, I think you being able to take the time before you say anything about it gives you a chance to kind of like uh, bank that confidence and bank that like I know what I'm doing is going to work. Uh, and yeah. then once you once you bank it for yourself and then you're able to go public with what's going on, then you're like, listen, I know this is gonna succeed. So doubt me all you want to. Yeah. I'm I'm prepared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So
1: so that's Just all we know. have to say about it.
0: Yeah. Just know you, you, and you know, you know, you've got somebody cheering you on, uh, in your, corner. Do. you've got multiple people cheering you on in your corner. So, uh, I do, you, I do. Got I got this, a good crew. You got this, man. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, man. Charlie, because you are a, uh, guest all the time, we're just going to dive right into the movie. You know, I, Hell I yeah, got, let's I got do a it. little, I, I got a little catch up uh people people got to hear you know what's been going on with you but let's let's really talk about this movie uh because this is a movie that is uh very very special to me uh and one that you certainly uh uh you know hold in high esteem as well Mm -hmm. um and that is william friedkin's horror classic the exorcist um i'll start off charlie just by kind of I'll ask you the run of the mill questions like the same questions that I ask everybody and get those kind of out of the way but then we can kind of dive a little a little deeper into this movie just because yes. I think there's there's something here for us to really talk about but uh in your own words Charlie what is the exorcist all about
1: Okay so the exor- as far as the exorcist it is it really dives into the, the what what gets instilled into you as far as like primal fear when you grow up in in a religious setting for me anyway because i i grew up i I grew up in a really not not like uber religious but i grew up in a household where we went to church on sundays and there was a a definite fear of god if you will that was put into me so the exorcist i think i just i think i just burped on your podcast accidentally <laughs> that's I, where my i didn't hear it i don't care okay. so we'll, we'll just okay. say you did <laughs> uh the exorcist it, it really taps into like a primal fear that you have that a lot of people have instilled in them that they really don't want to have <laughs> instilled in them yeah. um, it also i think it taps into that fear of the unknown i uh, like and, but as far as like the the story like in that movie you've got this story about a single mother who is str- who's struggling to really give her daughter the love and attention that she deserves while still maintaining a career which was rare in the 70s to talk about and then yeah. and then on the other side of it you've got this you've got the story about a pastor or i'm sorry about a a a catholic priest who's lost his faith and then and then they throw in another another badass priest who's just going around the world slaying demons so like this is I, i there's so many like little aspects and i love the where where we start and where we end and how we see all these characters intertwine with one another. And then at the very base of this, you have the most horrifying horror character in this demon played by Linda Blair. And you've got this, this really meek, innocent fun little girl who is now being ripped to shreds from the inside mm-hmm. by an evil evil being like yeah this is like the for, i i love this movie so much but it's still yeah. to this day scares the living shit out of me every yeah. time i watch it um for me this is I, you're you're much more of a horror horror aficionado than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. but for me this this is this is the, the the top of the mountain when it comes to horror yeah. movies. I think yeah. they we've never done better. Uh, there have been movies that have come close, but I don't think anybody has ever been able to knock the Exorcist off the top of the mountain.
0: Yeah, uh, for me, absolutely. This is this is the greatest horror film of all time uh, because mm-hmm. it is wrestling with so much, um, mm-hmm. and and kind of deals with, as you said, like one of our greatest fears of the loss of control, the the fear of the unknown. Um, yeah, this this is a story that is. Uh, I, I feel like it kind of starts from. Uh, the perception of a crisis of faith. You know, mm-hmm. you, you said you have the the priest who has lost his faith, um, but you have the the family too. Who you know, there's a faith element in the house, but mm-hmm. it's muted and they're going through their own uh trials and tribulations at home Uh, just going through a divorce uh you know reagan is uh, linda blair's character reagan is uh living with her mother chris uh but doesn't see her father uh and kind of struggling with any of the feelings that come from being a uh a child of divorce um yeah it's just this it it deals with so much humanity before it even like tackles the element of uh you know the the demon and possession and where that comes from um yeah I I feel like this conversation is gonna go so many ways I'm gonna kind of buck my usual like uh the usual order that I ask questions yeah I wonder yeah, yeah. now if if for you Charlie watching this as a parent, if there's that and, and yes this is a movie and i think a lot of this kind of this conversation can kind of stem from you know where your current religious beliefs are now but i can mm-hmm. still feel like on a on a human level there is that fear of like oh god uh the thing that i love the most is in this like vulnerable state is that something that kind of hits you at all watching it now or is it, it still just kind of like
1: yeah yeah go go with yeah it. yeah 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 so it, it it really does um
0: yeah
1: i it I, all movies have like a different mm-hmm. feel to them after you have a kid uh when you see like a parent like there was <laughs> i don't remember what like some movie some random movie made my wife cry uh yeah. and it was just, like it, it wasn't it was it wasn't a good movie like it wasn't like but it, it was you just when you become a parent and you start like seeing these characters from that perspective uh, it's mm-hmm. it, it's a very different feel now yeah. the worst thing in the world now well so we're in halloween season uh, -hmm. About two weeks ago, we went over to a friend of ours to carve pumpkins with everybody. My daughter was standing on a chair in the garage, and she toppled over and fell on her hip and bonked her head on the garage floor. And yeah, yeah, it was it was goddamn terrifying because I'm like my my kid's got a concussion. (laughs) And like we're like I'm freaking out, and she's bawling. She's bawling more because I'm scared. And yeah, it's. It's terrifying. <laughs> and, you know panic fr- mode. Yeah, and luckily yeah. my friend. I mean, when that happened, my friend there, he's he's a nurse. He checked her. He's like, nope she's fine. Everything's good. Yeah. And I was like, I don't believe you. And <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, there. <laughs> so watching it from that perspective, like I can't imagine putting myself in that character's shoes where your yeah. daughter is a suffering as much as she is but um and so i also watched the director's cut of the movie and it's that's that's been the cut that i've watched for the last decade now yeah um yeah but uh so i I, sometimes i have trouble remembering the theatrical version so but i don't recall the theatrical version having as as much detail about all of the tests that were run on Reagan, because right. um, in the in the director's cut, they're like they're like taking blood and like she's in the in these giant machines. You know, this is uh, there's a lot more detail in in that, and it, there's a lot more explanation as to everything that happened to Linda Blair physically uh, yeah. after the movie. What if you watch the director's cut? Um, yeah, but some of the things that I reckon that I can see myself uh, in a little bit more is when like Chris is reacting to her getting these tests and you like the last thing you want is for your child to suffer, but you also want these answers be- as to why your daughter is acting this way. And the only way to do that is for your daughter to suffer a little bit. And that sucks so much. Like, yeah. so I, I understand that character so much better now these days, yeah. but I, you know, there's some, I, I mean, there's a lot of different aspects on this. Uh, can I, I want to play, talk about something that you said just a little bit ago. I think some yeah. of the best horror uh, that has ever come out is the, is the horror that really touched it touches with humanity first before the, before chaos ensues uh, yeah. where you're, you're really in touch with these characters. Uh, and I'll, the other example that I think recently did that really well was the net the Netflix series, The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. I think they did. I, I think I, and I. I know like everybody's gushing over followed the house the House of Usher. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that that one did as well of a of a job of getting people to really root for the characters. Yes. right at the beginning as yes. the haunting of hill house did and mm-hmm. you know because they're just he's working with caricatures versus hum- human characters in those yeah. mo- in that in the difference but like in hill house they you really feel for all five of these children for this right. father and then chaos ensues and we go back that like that was the formula that you really see in the exorcist as well. We see this working mother, this, the, this really, it's really hard to humanize somebody who works in the religious sect of the world. And they did a really good job of that. Uh, Not only with, uh, they, they did that. uh, I'm going to struggle to remember some of the characters just because I'm on the spot with it, but they did that with two (laughs) of the characters yeah. where they really they humanize two uh, two priests which I think is absolutely amazing like it's hard to do that with one character like that I can't believe you were able to do that with two so um, <clears throat> but then all the other like the little side characters that you have in there as well where you've got the people who are helping in the house and you've got the like the astronaut and the drunk director yeah. and you know there there's a lot of there's there's a lot of you you know these people really really well and then they're all going through this horrific situation so
0: yeah yeah i uh, i feel like the way that this movie okay i'm gonna put this in in my my love for this movie and I'm gonna mix it with my criticism of the Exorcist Believer. Uh what this Which movie I have does not seen so yet. Well, yeah, I won't spoil it. Uh That's but okay. just know just know that it's not I,
1: I'm waiting. Not, I'm gonna wait until I get until I can rent it. <laughs> Listen,
0: I, I will say this. I will say that I I did not hate it anywhere near as much as everyone else seems to, but once this movie once exorcist believer deals with possession it just takes off and goes and forgets the reason why this movie works so well this movie works so well because the possession is an element and we're dealing with trying to to heal reagan and and free her from the spirit but the movie works so well because we've built up all of these feelings for the the girl for her mother for these priests we we genuinely care about her well-being and it paces out her possession step by step where it feels like it's this mystery of like okay why is this happening to her like yes we know we're at a movie called the exorcist so of course we're dealing with possession but you know still they're trying to from as the story is happening the characters in the story aren't aware that they're in a story called the exorcist the characters in the story Mm -hmm. are genuinely trying to solve the mystery of what is happening to this Mm -hmm. little girl so you've got to go through these, these medical experiments, these, these medical tests, these, uh, you know, speaking with a psychologist, speaking with a hypnotist, like just trying to get to the bottom of what could be bothering this little girl who, as the movie opens, is this like beaming, joyful child who... Mm-hmm. You know, has these flashes of sadness. Uh, like there's there's a moment in the movie where the father calls and the mother is yelling at the father over the phone, and they kind of hand back, and Reagan is standing in the doorway, like not crying, but looking sad. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's like you see those little flickers of, you know, this is a happy kid, this is this is a normal kid, and then this terrible thing happens to her. And it's just like this gradual decline until she has been completely overtaken. And as you said, like I, I think you put it really well, she is being like clawed at from the inside out. Uh and uh one one thing I really like about the the making of this movie is initially they had a concept to kind of make Regan look demonic like have like this this mask that you know mask and makeup where it would make Mm -hmm. kind of her face bulge uh and look look more like a demon i'm glad they didn't go that way i feel like going with her looking like she is being destroyed uh torn Mm -hmm. apart uh is a lot more effective because it just feels like this this evil is completely trying to destroy her and Mm -hmm. you know ruin her for herself but ruin how her family sees her um i just think that makes it all the more effective um yeah uh i'm trying to think what my where i wanted to go with that i think since i can't think of where i wanted to get since i can't get myself back on track i'll just ask the next (laughs) question charlie you're Um, good you're good do you remember the first time that you saw this movie and how like how you went about watching it, how it it affected you right off the bat. Do you remember any of that?
1: Oh boy, do I ever! This might yeah. be one of the few movies that I do remember the first time I watched. Um, so my, I I kind of when I was a kid, I had kind of gotten the horror bug, um, because like. 96 was when scream came out and it was kind of the tail end of all the slasher stuff and you know we would always like sneak scream on and that kind of thing Because you know 96 i was only eight years old when scream came out and yeah is so i'd kind of caught the horror bug and i you know they all, in scream they always talked about you know the rules of horror and they talk about all these different horror movies and you know, everything like that. So I remember bringing up the conversation to my father who I lived with, you know, as he, I think I've said on this show before, I was raised by a single father. What's the best horror movie you've ever seen? And he said, the exorcist. And I was like, Oh, what's the exorcist. You got to tell me about the exorcist. And so he tells me about what it's about and we go we're going to rent movies and I, I, I find it in the old horror section and i beg him to let me watch it <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm i'm like i might have been 9 maybe 10 i beg him to let me watch it and he he had a kind of I, we had to wear him down but he let us watch it i have brothers who are 3 years younger than me And they watched it with me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine a nine year old. Now imagine a two, six year old. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. That's young. (laughs) Yeah. Now imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That's too young to be watching The Exorcist, right? Yes. And. So, we watched it, and it was traumatizing, Mm -hmm. to say the least. Yeah. And that night, my brothers and I slept on a twin-sized bed together, because we were so terrified. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) My dad heard my brothers come into my room. And saw that all three of us were laying on the bed together and he tried to split us up. We're like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Cause yeah. it had to have been, you know, and honestly, we had to have watched it. Now I'm thinking about this. It had to have been late. So I might have I might have been sure. about eleven. Yeah. Cause now I'm remembering like that we were talking about we were talking about Scream and then mm-hmm. at that time actually it was Blair Witch was the really okay. big was the really big uh horror movie at the time so it was i had to have been about 11 but i was 11 my brothers were then eight so yeah (laughs) like that these are not the ages that you should be watching scream (laughs) the blair witch and the exorcist like that's not yeah (laughs) i I love my father but i mean mistakes were made and (laughs) there <laughs> i'm in therapy here's 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 what happened so we i so i remember i i remember watching it i remember but i also remember that we asked to watch it again and again and we yeah. that movie got rented dozens of times after we saw it the first time because you know that initial scare but to this day like i mean i i inevitably have nightmares whenever i watch this movie to this day yeah and yeah i'm sure i'm gonna have nightmares tonight because (laughs) we talked about it sure (laughs) there's just this movie just scares the living shit out of me but i can't get enough of it so yeah um, yeah. yeah, that, that was my first time. I want to know your first time of watching this movie. Cause the one, I know they played it at the state, uh, yeah. within them opening and I wasn't able to go, but I yeah. really, really, really wanted to go see it on the big screen. And I didn't able to get to get to see it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I had seen uh, the, 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 first time I ever watched this movie, I can't remember if it was before I worked at the video store or as I was, like, starting out, because, you know, you work at, the, work at a video store. Uh, at this time, I, when I worked for Blockbuster, you get five free rentals a week, and I was the guy Jesus. who took full advantage of that. I was like, I'm renting all of this stuff all the time. And, you know, the, the big thing was they wanted you to rent, um, you know, new releases because you'd get them a couple of days before they're actually they they actually can release them to people. Mm-hmm. Uh so that way you can recommend them to the customers and try and upsell, like, oh, well, I see you're renting this. Mm-hmm. You should watch this one. This is good. Uh, but of course, you know, they 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 let you rent five of anything. Um, and so I I i will I'll go with the idea that it was I was already working at the video store. Um, so that mm-hmm. would put this around my like junior, senior year of high school is the first time that I had ever seen this. And I had I was going through my like, uh, American classics, like the, 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 the phase yeah, where I yeah. wanted to watch everything that was always, that was considered like the greatest movies of all time. Sure. Uh, and you know, would kind of check stuff off the list. And I remember watching this, I believe it was late at night, uh, in our kitchen, uh, with my younger brother, uh, because we had a, uh, one of those TV VCR combos, hell yeah Um, usually yeah usually we would stay up late uh on the weekends and just kind of watch movies and hang out and i was it one of the ones that
1: you if you watch through the credits it would rewind it and replay it for you uh no well i mean it probably would at least rewind it if
0: we like uh let it go but usually it wouldn't stop right at the end it would it would do the little flicker screen where it's all static and and white noise um Mm -hmm. So we watched this movie and I want to say that, of course, I was, I was freaked out. And there were moments where it was like, you know, I, when I watch a scary movie for the first time, I don't cover my eyes. I look down at the bottom of the screen to like where the logo of the TV is and Mm -hmm. kind of like point my eyes upward so it's like i kind of like see it through through my like the uh, sort of peripheral vision of what's mm-hmm. happening uh so i feel like i did that a lot um and there was a lot of just like you know once the movie was over it was this feeling of dread of like that was really good uh am i am i gonna have a nightlight on tonight like is, is it gonna be that night uh, am I going to listen to some music just so I don't have to like sit in the silence uh, of potentially <laughs> like, you know, something coming into my room. Um I didn't absorb the movie that way, the way that I absorb the movie now. And I think kind of talking about that as we go along is, is really good. But you know, when I first saw it, it was a scary movie uh that i felt like lived up to its reputation i thought it really was one of the scariest movies of all time and i think it really was a movie that kind of like brought horror into a uh into into a style of of filmmaking that the 1970s were really known for because i think you know you have this you have texas chainsaw massacre which is you know uh as far as slashers are go like, that's kind of like the benchmark for me as far as as slasher films go. Um, But like, you know, the the sixties and seventies. Yeah. They were like, that was when like the really rebellious filmmakers were kind of coming onto the scene and they wanted to tell these like, you know, ballsy stories that were really just like grim and gritty and uh, tough to watch. And I felt like this really mm-hmm. captured that, that vibe. And I was, I was fully with it, you know, and by then I think I i had seen the Godfather movies, um, uh, you know, and I'd seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I kind of knew what that, that vibe was, uh, but something about seeing the exorcist, this, this horror movie that really focused its efforts on telling a story, um, made it something very, very special for me. Um, mm-hmm. Because it was like, you know, you, you can watch, I love uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, I, I think the Nightmare on Elm Street series is a ton of fun. Uh, and that's one, you know, that is that is that is my kind of, like, silly horror franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't care for Friday the 13th, but I do love Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. But A Nightmare on Elm Street is not the same movie that The Exorcist is. Because The Exorcist no. is really focusing. Yeah, it's really focusing on this this deeper story. And I I know that we, the, the, the world is kind of arguing about the term elevated horror these days. And I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like elevated horror is a necessary term, but I feel like we can definitely agree that there are different kinds of horror movies. Um, And the horror movie that the exorcist is, is just something that is, it's, it's concerned with something completely different. And I kind of got that vibe and I was really riding with it. Um yeah, can you explain yeah, the just...
1: term elevated horror to me because you're sure. you're much more of the horror buff than I am and you know yeah. I, I I try to watch this is kind of my spooky season time and but I've been yeah. because I'm friends with you and Casey, I get exposed to a lot more horror than <laughs> than most people. I just don't I, I I just don't dive in as much with it with it as you guys do.
0: yeah so so elevated horror, is a term that has kind of come along that gives uh, a lot of critics use to give prestige to horror movies. So like something like oh. get out uh hereditary midsummer, like these are it's, it's a way to kind of distinguish the horror movies and make them say, Oh, these are the ones that are really uh, incredibly made that are trying to do this deeper purpose when in all reality, like stuff like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a movie about rebe- like uh, teenage rebellion and fighting out against mm-hmm. like the sixties like uh, capitalism culture. Like it's always mm-hmm. been there. It's just now there are studios that that kind of like um, lean into might throw some money kind of at art-
1: it type too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they kind of have this this artistic um indie sensibility and they kind of you know lace that in the horror and then the critics kind of attach on to that like oh well this this isn't a slasher movie so this is something really special that we need to get it gets it gets really pretentious and okay. i i think that i think that a good movie <laughs> is a good movie yeah um, yeah and i think i think a horror movie whether it's artsy and indie can be a really good movie but i think a horror movie that is uh two and a half hours of a clown uh killing people with uh, various knives and bleach and salt uh, can also be a really good movie. So... <laughs> I really got to see
1: those movies. I don't think I can talk my wa- wife into watching those no. with me, but I really got to sit down and watch those movies because you guys have talked so much about them and I need to get on this train.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love I love Terrifier. Uh, yeah,
1: it's, it's, I think
0: Terrifier is a different... Uh, different beast. It's a different beast. Yeah, yeah. But it's still the 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 goal is to tell us tell a story that sticks with you and creeps you out. And I think it's it is as effective in what it is trying to do as The Exorcist is in what it is trying to do. So
1: that's my. But I mean, even in some of those examples that you've given, like I'll use Midsummer as the example here. Like Midsummer, like the the cinematography in that movie is stunning. Yes, but the reason you're invested in that movie is because of Florence Pugh's character like right. and that's without that that movie's just pretty like if you're not yes. invested in that character that movie is just pretty so right. like you but like in going back to the exorcist like and some of the other ones we've talked about if if some of those movies if some movies don't have some touch of humanity that are within them then you know then you're getting into uh, into a different style of movie like it because i don't know like i think the exorcist like you could you could remove parts of the humanity. I mean, there's c- clearly the theatrical version is just as celebrated as the director's cut that I love, uh, right. if not more. But like you know, the director's cut just gets you in touch a little bit more with the the human side of all these characters. The theatrical yeah. version does that just as well. So right. that's without without that within within the horror genre, like then you don't. you you really don't have a point of doing it and i i think i i've got i think a lot of people are really digging fall of the house of usher so i don't want to yuck anybody's yum but i just i just was not enjoying it as much because i didn't there wasn't a lot of humanity within the characters and that's the (laughs) reason that's the what kind of just drew me away from it but um and you know they can they're trying something different and i, I respect them yeah. for doing it there's no doubt in my mind that those netflix shows are are absolutely gorgeous i mean that mm-hmm. the some of the shots in, in the first couple of episodes that i watched i was like oh this is cool looking so yeah um yeah but but i just didn't for me i, I need that within yeah. within any movie not just horror i need to be in touch with the characters if i if i don't if i'm not invested in the characters then why should i be invested in their story so sure yeah and i think i think
0: you know well we'll go off on this tangent charlie why not i think with i think with the fall of the house of usher i think what that's doing is it 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 spends a lot of time kind of like giving its love to the characters but the characters are despicable and so that that's, makes it yeah. feel like it's yeah so it's harder to kind of like feel like you want them to succeed because no you you know they're going to die and you kind of want them to cuz they suck and then it's just kind of watching and that's but that's a different like I feel like that's a whole it's different, a different beast, because, yeah. Yeah. Because like with, with the the Haunting of Hill House, you love this family. You you yeah. are completely invested in everything about them and you want them to get out of this unscathed. Mm-hmm. And the more and more that it it, it kind of uh uh um, unravels that they aren't like it's it's almost painful uh because you've become so and I think the same thing too. Have you seen Bly Manor?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I love Bly Manor. Yeah. I love Bly Manor. I think um I fucking loved Midnight Mass, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> right? That was amazing. They're yeah. They're so
0: good. And they spend, you know, the, the, with with Bly Manor, like that is one that I remember just bawling like once it was over uh and it was one that I I felt like as it was going on I didn't like as much but then it got to the end where everything is starting to tie itself together and you just this time that you spent with these characters all pays off so well in fall of the mm-hmm. house of usher i think it's it's you know doing a lot of uh, edgar Allan poe references they're super cool uh mm-hmm. and then it's really slick because these characters are just shitty like just shitty
1: and that's people. that's maybe where i need to be invested with it because like yeah. that, i think i was expecting is i was sure i was really just talking i was <laughs> I, i've been trying to get my wife to watch these netflix series with me because like and yeah. like she so she tried to watch the exorcist with me um mm-hmm. we got to the part with the cross and you know which part yeah. i'm talking about and she yeah. <laughs> literally stood up and said i'm done and, and walked yep. out of the room so I, yep. uh, you know I, I kept telling my wife i'm like no these, these netflix shows that mike flannery again is doing like he really gets you to love these characters and like yeah you know, so then the first one that she watches because she didn't i watched bly manor and hill house alone yeah. uh and then that was the same week that midnight midnight mass had come out um it was back in the day when you get COVID and you have to stay stay in a room by yourself <laughs> for 10 days um yeah. so i watched all three of those back to back to back i didn't get a chance sure. to watch midnight club um yeah i want i do want to watch that eventually but yeah so i was like no like the i watched all three of these like they they have a really, good, they do a really good job of character development and making you like these characters and really feeling it for them. And then they hit, and then they hit you with the horror shit. And so then yeah. she's like, oh, "Okay, well, you know, because she's got friends who are telling her to watch, watch Fall of the House of Usher,' mm-hmm. and." So she, I give her the sales pitch of the first three Netflix series. And then and she tries to watch fall of the house of Usher. Like, I hate all these people. I can't yeah. wait to watch them die. I'm like, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting that either. So I think that's, yeah. where my, but anyway, like from uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now for, is sure. for that. And, but I, I'm glad we got to go on that tangent, but to yeah. try and draw it back. Sure. If it wasn't for the Exorcist, I wouldn't have that belief that I would have that you have to fall in love with the character first before right. you're invested to see them go into these horrible situations. Um, yeah. and then uh, you know just to uh, not to skip ahead, but I mean the the actual exorcism of in the movie that last what is it fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah. Their yeah 20 minutes of the movie you know they're building right. building building some of the most memorable film pieces of film that you'll ever watch in your life between the, the pea soup uh, yeah. Reagan talking with uh, father uh, father K- Karen's yeah father Caris. K- yep. I'm sorry father Karris's um, as her, his mother who has just recently passed. Um, yeah. And that's the other in the director's cut. I uh, I don't remember seeing his mother in the theatrical version as much as sure. you see it, see her in the director's cut at least. Um, yeah. And then when they they start with that shot of Father Marin in in The Exorcist, and then you don't see him until the end of the movie. you yeah. <laughs> you you really see this badass of a priest going to work trying to get this demon out of this out of this little girl and what happens she kills him yeah it's a, yeah. oh man like it, it's one of the most it, in that time she kills him and then laughs about it yep, oh, yep. Oh, and boy wh- and the thing
0: that is so chilling about it is that in that moment even though she still looks demonic she also looks like a little girl like and it I, is so chilling to watch her laugh when Damien enters the room uh oh. after after killing uh father marin
1: yeah oh my Ooh. god I still Ooh. yeah whenever whenever I see her like in the corner just like laughing to herself I'm like what the fuck yep. and like, yeah, every single time like i'm still i'm getting like weird little chills thinking about it right now honestly like (laughs) this is it i got goosebumps and there's a heater going
0: (laughs) like it's funny because it's like we we react to the movie very similarly with this this affection but i feel like when you think of it you get these these like chills of like being scared I get it and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> like I love that part. That part's so good. And I, I think it's just I, I think for me I don't know. I don't I don't know if I'm just like I don't I don't know how horror sits with me. Cause I, I still get scared, but I think with this one, I feel like I've just like watched it and read the cliff notes and you know know all of the little ins and out that I just am kind of like oh I love this and I know it's scary but I don't feel that same chill. You you might be a little desensitized
1: from it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm I think the thing that really gets me about the movie now, uh now that I'm I'm an adult is uh like this is a story and I I think we kind of touched upon this a little bit earlier that is uh about a crisis of faith and as yeah. someone who you know in in high school like i i grew up in a family that was very you know not like crazy religious but my mother always very you know good christian lady believed in god would take us to church take us to sunday school and we would we would go as kids we would sing the songs we'd have a good time and then we would get older and we would go like we moved to kansas city we would go to a church and you know it was great like just a nice youth group everything was great but it wasn't like we weren't like bible beaten you know where it's just like this is the word of god you know there was Mm -hmm. none of that so we had faith but it was always kind of like yeah everything's good then uh, a couple of things happened uh that kind of uh put me like spun me out of it uh the first one is that when we moved from kansas city to texas um and this is something that's like very normal but at the age that i was i took it very i took it very much to heart uh we were members of a church in kansas city we moved and then they sent us a letter saying that they were uh denying our membership and you know for, for book yeah yeah for bookkeeping purposes it's just so that they know that there are tithes they can't count on you know i get it from a business standpoint But when you're a kid and you see this message of, like, this place that you went and where you felt like you were a part of a family, that to then be just like, nope, you're you're no longer a part of this church. Uh, I was incredibly discouraged. And around that same time, too, my grandmother passed away. And I started to feel just very, like, clouded. Uh, like I I Mm -hmm. kind of spun out of, of where my faith was. I just, I just wasn't feeling it. And I would never go so far as to say that I was like, oh, now I'm an atheist. Now I don't believe in God at all. I was just kind of like, I learned the term agnostic. And so I was kind of like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. I, I feel like, you know, I don't know what's out there. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of like the deal with that, deal with that doubt. Um, and this movie, like, deals with a priest who has gone through all of the education, gone through, uh, you know, working in this this field for an extended period of time. And then something happens, and it could be, you know, it's, it's the loss of his mother, but I feel like it was there prior to that, where he's suddenly starting to have these doubts and and falling out with his faith. And looking at it now there's something about that that's so relatable of being like someone who i don't know where it's kind of the idea of like someone who can be so ingrained in the faith and even they still question it that it's like Mm -hmm. oh well man everybody questions it but by the end of the movie and i and i uh, there's there's a an undercurrent of people who consider this movie like catholic propaganda which i'm not i'm not really gonna go on that (laughs) if if you have something you want to say about that charlie i will let you but i I... I i think that's ridiculous uh i i feel like the movie is I feel like they have not a fucking Christians. movie. <laughs> right, right. Like the movie's about Catholic priests. Any movie that would have a girl and a cross in that fashion. I don't really think that's Catholic propaganda. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway,
1: yeah. So
0: but I think yeah. at the end of the movie, the way that that Father Karis eventually like is able to like save her is by kind of like mm-hmm. accepting his faith and and take finally like taking his faith into his own hands and believing that he will still be able to be in some kind of control of himself after having this mm-hmm. demon take him over, that he will, you know, I, I feel like everything is kind of on impulse. I don't feel like he was like, I'm going to do this. Like if, if the demon jumps into me, I'm jumping out the window. I think it was all just kind of like, Uh, this is the only thing i can do but i feel like i don't know there's something about how faith kind of saves the day that uh, that i like about this movie yeah and i don't know that uh, first off i don't know that teenage me that that would have sat well with me but i also don't know that teenage me would have been smart enough to pick up on it uh but now it's just there's there's something about it that i love because it all Mm -hmm. is the whole movie is crisis the whole movie is is doubt and fear and worry and suddenly it's you know it it sure seems like by the end of the movie things are going to get better um and I think that's it's nice to have that kind of happy ending you know they, they turn the film the film into a franchise and it goes in all kinds of directions
1: <laughs> but but I think uh, I know movie, I've only watched the the
0: second one now it's yeah. like
1: what is, it? what is it I love this uh, yeah. but I hate this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah uh i just i just i think this movie is extremely uh extremely powerful on on levels other than the horror that it stirs up that's that's kind of my i guess that's the way that i'm kind of capping yeah. off what i was talking about there
1: <laughs> for sure for sure you know and yeah. i kind of i had uh, i had a very similar thing where i don't yeah. have i ever shared with you that i worked at a bible camp for like yes, four years you have. yeah yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, I, but my belief system is very similar to yours now. Like, I don't know what's out there, but but I definitely like. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not one of these trendy atheists. Uh, right. You know. I'm. But I'm. I. I'm definitely not a guy who's going to go to church every week. Like I. Like I thought you were supposed to do for a long time. Yeah. Um. You know. That's. So and I had a similar, I had a buddy who was working for a church and they kind of screwed him over financially. And I was like, well, this isn't for me anymore. Churches don't do that. And that kind of changed my whole view on, on religion. Um, And, you know, then in the midst of that, my grandmother passed away. (laughs) And so, I mean, like that's, you know, a a very similar story to you, Andy, honestly. So I, I get that. And I think, i think you're right on the money i mean this is he's going through this crisis of faith but then he finds some kind of faith but the, he still doesn't get any answers i think that's the, the right. thing that we're both getting getting to is that he mm-hmm. he he kind of sacrifices himself for the the good of this of this girl to make sure that yeah. she's protected but you know, that's at at the end of the day that's what what she's what he's supposed to do as a priest is he's supposed to protect so that i think there there's a great ending to like what catholics are what catholic priests are supposed to do but versus what are actual is actually happening in in my opinion with that but um yeah that ending where he he orders the demon to possess him and then he Mm -hmm. and then he jumps out the window is just one of the most incredible like sequences from like a like you really hit that crescendo for the entire movie right there and because there's relief in the fact that we hear reagan crying and Mm -hmm. you you know like she's in pain but she's okay and there's relief with Chris knowing that her you know she's feeling relief that her daughter is okay but the Father Mera and Father Karis, these two badass characters that we've alluded to are now gone as a result of these two getting to feel the relief
0: right right and it's it is there's something for me and again because (laughs) i'm not a theologist or anything like that i can't speak in uh uh you know referencing religion but there's something there about that sacrifice that they kind Mm -hmm. of gave themselves so that this girl could uh live so that she could be Mm -hmm. you know uh, released uh i think there's something there that Well, of course, there's there's religious symbolism, but I think there's something there that's also hopeful and and shows the good of humanity. Mm -hmm. I I thought about it years later, and I think this is this kind of where I'm at now. My problem isn't with faith and the religion, but it's it's with the people who use it poorly. Um, And I think that's kind of what I what I dealt with uh, a lot um, is the people who, who yeah. and I think we we deal with uh, today are the people who use religion as a like uh superior superiority like ruler where they're like oh well no you're not because you don't have this faith and you don't have this belief uh that you're supposed to be this way uh this could go on a whole different tangent charlie so i'm gonna rate myself back let's talk about movies talk
1: about movies that's what the yeah, point yeah, of yeah. show is um yeah i yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know, if we're going to if we're going to talk about how, the people who think this movie is Catholic propaganda, they're yeah. <laughs> like I, you yeah. mentioned the cross scene. Uh, we've also yeah. I don't know if we've mentioned <laughs> your mother sucks cocks in hell. Um, right, right. We yes. And then suicide. The movie has yeah. a suicide in it. If there's one thing I know that Catholics don't like, it's fucking suicide. So get off your <laughs> yeah. high horse. It, yeah. this isn't catholic propaganda this is about <laughs> this is about a little girl who, who's spitting pea soup like shut the fuck up yeah. <laughs> that's right
0: that's right um you know i i think the thing that i enjoy when i talk with you charlie is that like our conversation just kind of happens like it's it's not a matter of like here's the question i'm going to ask now you answer here's the question i'm going (laughs) to ask now you answer it kind of turns into a situation where we're just uh having our our conversation about this movie but i will ask um you know some of my some of my usual questions here what are for you yeah. what are the characters in this movie that really stand out as either the the most special or the ones that you connect more with what are the characters for you that you really enjoy about this film
1: yeah um father karis is probably yeah. my favorite character in the entire film um yeah just because he you know the the crisis of faith going on with it uh i think also from I, I obviously watched it well after it it had come out, so I think I would really like to point out that he he for me at the time he bared like some a pretty striking resemblance to Sylvester Stallone, uh, sure. so him being the ex-boxer really like resonated with me as well in that. So, but yeah. um yeah, so. Oh, uh, sorry. I just got a text message that distracted me. Um, oh. <laughs> I think Father Karras is my, fa- is my favorite character in there. Uh, Father Marin as well is – yeah. I think there's just – there's there's a lot of um, mystery behind him. Mm-hmm. And I like I, – I really like that there is a character that is both mysterious and a badass in in this film um yeah because there's just there's a lot of show don't tell with him yeah Uh, and i really i think that's really excellent filmmaking and really excellent acting on his part too i think that he yeah he came came across that way but yeah the uh those are the those two characters are the ones that stand out to me um the mother character uh, i i recognize with a little bit more but yeah uh that's from the character standpoint, but that's where I, I personally am always drawn to, but then yeah. you, you got to talk about, I, I know they, they gave us the name of the demon and I never remember what the name of the demon is, <laughs> and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. but uh, they gave us the name of the demon in the sequel, right? Is correct. I just, well, but
0: I, you know, that's a good question because I feel like since I know the name of it, it's just, it's, clearly they must say it in the, the original movie but i don't know that they actually do i don't know that they ever say uh Pazazu in in the movie they just say I don't think they do uh, in the in Cap- the original yeah i don't think so either now that i think about it but they just uh, captain howdy mhm
1: yeah so yeah. i mean that, that that voice i mean that, that what a wonderful day for an exorcism like that yeah. you know that is that will stand out in my in my mind forever yep. so yeah yeah Yeah. that's uh, a lot of great characters but i I think the the overall uh, the overall arc is really fun to watch too
0: yeah and i think i think we kind of you know (laughs) after i asked that question i was like we've kind of already talked about this andy we've already said a lot that we (laughs) like these characters uh but i think too this this kind of gives me this a, a second you know i've talked about that i i really like uh, father Karis. Uh I think that the Linda Blair as Reagan just she does a great job. I think the the Chris aspect of uh, uh oh my gosh, Ellen Burstyn. I think she's yes, she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But I I want to talk for a second about Ma- Max von Cito as as Father Marin because it's like you know, we're introduced to him and he's this this like almost indiana jones type character right like he yeah is yeah it's a, a good way a, to put it archaeology excavation like but he's this priest and then like after the beginning of the movie the last shot the last shot we see of him in the beginning of the movie is him on one cliff and the statue of this demon on another cliff and it's like they're face to face and it's like okay and then the movie goes on this other story and you're kind of like well what what happened to the the guy what, what was what was the whole what was with the guy and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you find out he's the exorcist that the, the the titular character uh he's the one who's dealt with this before and they bring him in and while he is still this strong uh kind of like imposing holy figure you also really get to see that he is still mortal. He is still a man. He's dealing with, with health concerns and like, there's, there's a fear that while he is doing this, will he make it out? Okay. And I I think, I don't, I don't know if that question ever like completely enters your mind because when he enters the room, he has complete command of the situation. Like Mm -hmm. he just (laughs) feels like he is in control. And then it's like, when they take that break, That's kind of when it's like, oh, he's, he's, he's not doing so well. Like, I hope, I hope he stays strong. I hope it's okay. And then, (laughs) you know, Damien enters the room and sees him on the floor. Then it's like, oh, shit, now what? Like, now what are we going to do? Because now uh, this demon is up against somebody who's a, like their first exorcist was like, Five minutes ago uh he's, <laughs> he's he doesn't have yeah, really. as strong right doesn't have as strong of faith as this guy that was just killed like what's gonna happen and mm-hmm. then it becomes like a completely different battle of like take me uh instead of her and then it's that's that's kind of what helps win the day but i think i think father marin is this great like mythical figure in the
1: movie uh, yeah and you like can, I, I i i've watched up the sequel just exorcist 2 i haven't watched believer i know that sure. there's a few sequels out there and there was also a, yeah. an exorcist series do they ever talk do they ever dive into father marin like as a character like does anybody ever take the time to like explain why this guy is so aged? it's still so faithful yeah. still all these things that that they explain in the, in a matter of 15 minutes, to be completely honest, like they don't yeah. explain very much of him. And that's what adds that allure. That like it, this is very much a less is more uh, type of storytelling with it, with father yeah. Marin. But yeah. has uh, have any of those ever really dove into him more? So
0: the exorcist is a very weird franchise uh, <laughs> because yeah. you have this movie, which if I were to be completely honest with you, would would be just fine if it was just this movie and that was the only bit of property uh from this this series i don't think you need anything else i think this movie stands alone however hey money there's money to be made yeah yeah yeah. Uh, well i think i read some
1: one time if you were to figure for inflation the amount of money that the original exorcist would have made like in 20 like whatever whenever i read that article it would have been like one and a half billion dollars like it would have yeah. been this massive massive hit so right yeah right yeah and so you see those dollar
0: signs and you've got to keep it going uh exorcist 2 uh i have never seen exorcist 2 uh but i have all the the only thing that precedes it is its reputation of being just this uh complete <laughs> shit <laughs> um Exorcist Exorcist 3. I I like Exorcist 3. I do. Um I don't love it as much as a lot of horror fans seem to, just because it has a very different feel than this movie. And I like this movie yeah, so yeah. much that it's just it's it's weird. It's more crimey. Um yeah, it's just different. It does have one of the greatest jump scares uh of all time in it, though. So I will give it that. Like it its jump scare okay. is just okay. chef's kiss perfect. Uh okay. so then <laughs> years after that movie came out, they wanted to make an exorcist prequel that is about Father Marin. Uh and it, it came out. Well, okay, so <laughs> what happened was is they had a director on board. The director starts making this movie. And the movie is almost done, and then they fire him, get a whole new director in, shifts the story around, and then that movie is released. Uh, it fails at the box office. just a disaster. A critical okay. disaster, box office disaster, just a mess. Uh, so then they're like, oh, wait a second. we We still have this other movie. They release the original cut from the original director again also bombs like just a disaster but both of those movies which i have never seen are uh prequels that deal with father Marin. um and one of them is called exorcist the beginning and one is exorcist dominion okay. uh and then the exorcist oh TV yeah, yeah, yeah. Series, okay okay yeah the tv series which i hear is incredible um is kind of like it's a sequel to the movie and it like I think it's a oh, sequel okay. in a way that doesn't quite deal with the the characters of the movie I think it just kind of makes reference to uh, the events and the characters in the movie odd uh, uh, okay, I've, okay. I, yeah I've heard the TV show is great so it's something that's yeah, on my yeah. watch list uh, once I get a chance uh, Exorcist Believer is
1: fine it's <laughs> it's fine it's yeah fine. I, I don't know if I if you're on the same boat as me. I just want uh, Leslie Odom Jr. to put out one movie that no nope, that yeah. comes out in theaters that isn't a critical nightmare <laughs> so <It's, laughs> like, it's you so you were so good in hamilton you are such a charming person stop making mo- music movies with sia and stop making exorcist sequels like have you seen, i beg of you, you seen, sing
0: <laughs> have you seen one night in miami no i haven't Okay, okay, so one night, Miami is fantastic. Uh, he is excellent in it. Uh, and he gets a chance he, he gets a chance to sing. Uh, he plays Sam Cook. And he's just
1: out. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was trying to remember. I was like, I know that what movie you're talking about. Okay, that's yeah, yeah. That's a perfect but, role for him, though, too.
0: But you did, you did say a movie that comes out in theaters, and yeah, One Night Miami came out during the pandemic. Uh, very, very limited theaters.
1: Mostly, just went right to Amazon. So
0: yeah, you're totally well, and right the, there.
1: <laughs> that and that's just like he needs one theatrical success, and we've got a new movie star like with yeah. him like that's that's what he is because i mean he was he was fantastic in glass onion as well like he was Mm -hmm. he was one of the like one of the highlights in that movie in that movie for me and i thought that movie was fantastic it was really hard to stand out in that movie and he stood out but he but yeah, he needs a he needs a theatrical release that that people stand behind because God damn it, yeah. I just wanted I just wanted to be a movie star. I've been watching yeah. you since <laughs> been watching you since Hamilton. My wife's in love with you. Just do better.
0: Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> um, yeah, he he is he is the best part of Exorcist believer, uh, but the script the script does not do him any favors. Yeah. Um, but he, he's trying to make the most out of it. For me, the movie starts off with a lot of promise, but once the element of possession is entered, it just, it like hits the gas and just makes things happen for the sake of things happening. Um, yeah. And I, I, I struggled with it, uh, yeah. but because of certain things that happened, I'm a sucker. And if, you know, I will be there for the sequel. Cause I want to see what they
1: do next. So yeah, I'm, well, and that's kind of yeah. I, I I hope that they the trailer for Believer just made it seem like they were really convoluting it, like yeah, you know, I because we've seen movies where they deal with like the with different religions, you know, exorcism is Catholicism, and then there was a movie with uh, that dealt with Judaism and exorcism uh, all together yeah. that I I really enjoyed. I just can't recall the the name of it um jeffrey dean morgan was was in it this is all i really recall uh but i remember enjoying it and really enjoying that yeah but um i mean modest yahoo got to play the exorcist that was pretty fucking cool (laughs) that was so yeah yeah i'll have to i'll have to look this up i I believe yeah i I remember i remember this back in the day but yeah jeffrey dean morgan was like the was the main character in Ma Yahoo played like the the young the young rabbi who rapped and nobody wow. nobody liked him <laughs> and, like, <laughs> but it, it was it, it was I really enjoyed the fact that they like they went a different direction with exorcism movies and yeah um, so I'll have to find it because it I mean it, it it was clearly not as memorable as a as some movies are, but it was enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, so we'll have to we'll have to do that. But anyway, it's yeah. exorcism, top of top yeah. top of the heap. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I just I think I think this movie is great. Uh, Charlie, we are we are running a little long, so I'm going to yeah. start kind of wrapping things up. Absolutely, it doesn't, it doesn't we feel don't feel like it. do that's this thing. Like, we do this. It feel like we're <laughs> long. But but the thing that's difficult is like. We chose a movie uh, that is one of the greatest movies of all time, and it's a we movie did. that's easy to dive into. Uh, I'm going to say Halloween. something, and I, yeah, it's, it's Halloween. I'm going to say something, and it's just going to be like a little talk shit, but not a lot talk shit because I love them. Uh, But never seen it. Said that this movie was just okay. Y'all are wrong. The Exorcist They're is wrong. not just okay. The Exorcist is fantastic. So yeah, take this that, is... Betsy and Trent. <laughs> 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 I just I, I had to say wrong. that somewhere in here. Yeah, you guys, are yeah. wrong. Um, yeah, I, I just in the friendliest say... way. You guys are wrong, <laughs> right? Like, listen, I they they know I'm not gonna to do anything except for just kind of like say that and then that's it so i just think i think they're great so the show is great everything about them is fantastic my I wife and i've listened to them something. too
1: my my wife used to work yeah. with, with one or the other and she recommended it sure <laughs> us listening to yeah. it and i really enjoy those guys a lot so yeah.
0: i i love their their dynamic and the way that they t- they have the conversations mm-hmm. with each other i just think it's yes. their their relationship translates really well to a podcast exactly uh, so yeah Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to say that, but I also want to ask my, my closing question on this movie. This, this is a movie Charlie though, that I think that we could, we could talk for hours upon hours, you know, this uh, this is a movie that I, I would feel comfortable, like, you know, dissecting like (laughs) almost minute by minute. uh, Yeah. We can, we can get into like
1: every nuance with this movie. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. 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 But
0: I want to ask, so if you were to recommend this movie to somebody who has never seen it, uh, because I think there are still people out there on this planet that have never seen The Exorcist, (laughs) what what would your sales pitch be? Would you use a particular scene? Would you use the characters? How would you try to convince somebody to watch The Exorcist?
1: I would ask them if they want to metaphorically shit their pants. (laughs)
0: or literally
1: (laughs) or literally yes 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 Um, (laughs) this is this is the benchmark for me whenever I've whenever anybody has has like recommended horror horror movies to me like I'm trying to think of like the worst horror movie I've ever seen Uh, like uh, it's always on a scale of like zero to the exorcist like that's 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 what it is like this is going to be in in my in my personal favorite five movies for the rest of my life you know that movie is you know that list is constantly changing but this has always been one of one of those top uh, top movies you know there's i don't think they're like i don't know if there's any like elevator pitch for this movie i think it's just like yeah you know oh i'm in the mood for a scary mood for a scary movie have you ever seen the exorcist no then you haven't seen a scary movie (laughs) like that's like that's where i'm at with it like if you haven't watched the exorcist then like you've never you've never truly been been horrified by a movie so yeah uh, i
0: think i think for me uh this is a movie that's uh reputation is certainly warranted um it is a uh terrifying movie it is a incredibly well constructed movie um it's a movie that that cares about its characters that cares about its mm-hmm. story that really like fully invests itself uh you know into putting the best the, the best out there and i think it's it's a movie that has uh you know withstood the test of time the movie is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year 50 oh, years of the exorcist and it is oh it that's is this still...
1: did they ever come yeah. out with
0: like a special cut of it this year then like with the 50 no, years no sure so there was no special like new cut but they did release the 4K uh blu-ray that is oh did they uh, okay remastered yep yep uh and i believe uh Friedkin worked on that uh remaster before he passed away so it was it was over over overseen by him and then released by warner brothers um there there's there's some moments in the movie where he kind of changed the color correction a little bit and a lot of people online got a little uh frustrated with that and i understand because you want the movie to be (laughs) original but if that was the way that he oversaw I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with Bill about it. I'm going yeah, to yeah. let him do what he wants to do.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's just, just arguing about the, about, right. right. About George Lucas <laughs> over again. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. I'm like, at this
0: point, we're not arguing with George Lucas about what he's yeah. doing. So let's just, just let him, let him do his thing. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, shouting into a vacuum. I, right. Right. I love this movie so much. Uh, This is a movie that I I say, uh, not only is this my favorite horror movie of all time, but this is amongst my favorite movies of all time. Um, And it is one that I guess the the older that I get, the higher and higher that it gets on my list. It's something Mm -hmm. that I I try to watch every year, um, and I just find something... I don't know if it's necessarily different about it each time, Mm -hmm. but something that hits differently each time. Um, And I, I, I think it's a rich experience and I love it. And I I guess, you know, to, to some people who are uh, kind of uh, desensitized, I would say, you know, maybe this isn't that, that kind of scary movie for you. But I think if you let yourself go on the ride of the story, you will feel, uh, you will feel haunted
1: uh yeah you gotta if, go if into it terrified. with a different mindset from time to time like that's even yeah. with your favorite movies you got to go into it like you're trying to either like you're watching it for the first time or you're watching yep. it, it you know with with a certain part of it in mind you know even like i hate i hate the idea but is this a is this movie propaganda like go into it trying to break that apart like yeah. just go into it with a, with a different mindset
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie, uh, it has been great chatting with you uh, about this movie that we both love so much. Uh, You have already done the official Fat Five. So I came up with a series of questions uh, that (laughs) I don't even know if I got to do. Oh, I did. I think I did them. I think I did them with with Natasha. Uh, So I came up with an additional series of five questions that I like to call... The Halloween Fat Five, <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> what I, a name! I wanted something, I wanted something spooky. I don't know. Uh, so the Halloween <laughs> Fat Five, uh, Charlie, are, are you are you ready for the Fat Five? I'm I'm ready. Uh, going off the rails, my friend. Okay, uh, we always what, do. <laughs> yeah, I know. What is and this is a stupid question after the conversation we just had. What is your favorite horror movie?
1: well it's this but it you know yeah. if i if, if i were to look at other horror movies that i've that i've really yeah. enjoyed um i uh, insidious is another one that has given me some of the mm-hmm. best jump scares uh of my entire of my entire life i wasn't a huge yeah. fan of like the, the horror of the i wasn't a big fan of the torture porn era of uh, sure. of big budget horror um so insidious felt uh, like a really like a a nice breath um so i've always put that on the list because the the first one did genuinely scare me uh the original scream is going to be on the list of my of some of my favorites as well i thought that one st- the yeah that one still scares me just because it's people <laughs> i think that's yeah, yeah one of the yeah it's just people and I uh, the original texas chainsaw is always going to be up there with my for my favorite slashers so i'll put those those three are kind of they're always going to be on the list but the exorcist is always going to be king for me
0: yeah awesome uh question number two who is your favorite horror
1: villain Ooh, that yeah. is a good ooh, 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 ooh. man for me personally, I mean, it's t- it's really tough to I, I want to say something more creative than Leatherface, sure. but I don't know if there's much more that's terrifying than Leatherface because it's yeah. like physically imposing, completely mute like they're Oh, man, I I think I, I would have if hard pressed right now, I would probably say. That it it's got to be Leatherface in this case, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll go. We'll go with That's,
0: that. I like it. I like that pick. That would probably be my answer as well. I'm a big, big Leatherface fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, except, Art the Clown is really rising up the charts for me. Is he? Uh, oh man, I gotta uh, see these yeah. movies. I I gotta say, I will tell you, Charlie. Since you uh, weren't a big fan of the the quote unquote torture porn era of horror movies. You mm-hmm. might not like these. <laughs> okay. They are, okay. They are just brutal and violent. Uh and I think it more focuses on that than on scares. But okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe not. But I love that yeah. character. I think that character is very, very charming uh for those kind of movies.
1: Well, and maybe we don't want to call it the torture porn era. I think I because I right. enjoyed the original Saw movie, but then I think like Sure things like hostile and human hostile. centipede came out and i'm like what the fuck yeah. is going on like so
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the the uh violent era i don't know i don't know what to call it uh but yeah yeah i, I think i think this is yeah maybe maybe you'll like it we'll see uh next we'll question see. yeah who is your final girl or scream queen of choice
1: oh jamie lee curtis yeah yeah jamie lee curtis yeah jamie lee curtis is my is my scream queen uh nev campbell is up there but it's jamie it's jamie lee curtis like hands down yeah
0: excellent um a a question kind of diving into your past charlie what has been your personal favorite halloween costume
1: Ooh, (laughs) i think i just posted this on facebook uh When I was, like, in the fifth grade, my stepmom at the time, she was actually, like, this really decent artist. I later found out terrible person, but, like, (laughs) really decent artist. (laughs) But uh, she did full Wolfpack Sting for me i think yeah i think i just posted that on my facebook i but like she did an amazing sting makeup for me that was one of my favorite costumes i think i've ever ever worn in my life um and then yeah. i tomorrow will be i for years you know i'm i'm not a big halloween costume guy at my office and things sure. like that and since i don't drink i i don't ever have opportunities to dress up for different parties and things like that you know just going yeah. out and just hasn't come up for me unfortunately uh so every year for the last like decade i've just thrown on a cardigan and gone as the dude um (laughs) because it's an easy it's a really easy uh closet costume but this year i actually put together uh i put everything together so that i could be ted lasso for for halloween tomorrow so yeah Yeah! (laughs) all
0: right
1: that's great. I I hope
0: uh, somebody takes pictures uh, because I would love to see your Ted Lasso costume. I That's know, I know. Awesome. I, <laughs> I I
1: can't bring myself to shave down to just the mustache because it'll take so long <laughs> yeah. for my beard to come in. But I I yeah. just got I've got the sweater with the with the uh, undershirt, and we're just gonna call it so. Nice.
0: Oh, so good. So good. Uh, The last question then, Charlie, uh, I can't let you escape without a food-themed question. So that is, Charlie, what
1: is your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, it's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. (laughs) It's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups all day and we yeah. went to a trick-or-treating event with my daughter <laughs> she's two and anytime somebody had Reese's peanut butter cups <laughs> in their bucket in front of it because it was like this office event I grabbed like three or four and put them in the bag <laughs> <laughs> and we went towards the end of the event too so I didn't feel guilty these guys were all going to be like munching on this candy for weeks to come yeah. with how much they had left over but <laughs> I was definitely like <laughs> grabbing like three, four, five Reese's peanut butter cups and then like whatever my daughter would grab <laughs> along with that. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure we we walked out with like a year's supply of Reese's cups at that <laughs> office <laughs> Halloween party the other day. <laughs>
0: Oh man. I I would do the same thing. I would do the same yep. thing. Reese's are my favorite. I would, yeah, they would, I would leave no peanut butter cup untouched.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. If you got free peanut butter cups, you can you can holler at me. Oh yeah. My favorite. So good. So good.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh Charlie, uh it goes without saying that this was a blast, so I'm not gonna say it. but but, but <laughs> But where where can people find your presence uh on social media? Where where can people follow you online? Um,
1: you know, uh right now I I haven't used my social media much uh since being done with wrestling, but it's still at wrestling voice one, uh where you can find me on uh what whatever the fuck it's called now, X. <laughs> uh yeah. and And then you can find me on uh, Instagram. Uh, You can add me on Facebook. Now, Uh, one of the fun things that I'm doing with my, with, my instagram and my facebook is i'm currently campaigning the sioux falls stampede to let me drive a zamboni before the end of the season we'll see what happens it's yeah, uh, yeah i keep getting told no by my boss something about insurance and licensing i i don't know i wasn't really listening so we're yeah. gonna really we're gonna keep plugging away and hope that uh by the end of the sioux falls stampede season i will be on a zamboni and i will either be driving or riding on said zamboni
0: this is this is what i want you to do charlie i want you to walk into your boss's office show them your driver's license and show them your proof of automobile insurance and that (laughs) is just say like listen license insurance no
1: uh, more questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll just throw down my, my health care card. You, do you have any idea yeah. how hard that is yeah. to get? <laughs> do you have yeah. any idea? By the way, I am clearly I qualified. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's my library card. And I can tell you that the library's free. <laughs> they let me check out
0: as many items as I want. <laughs> That's the reputation that I have. I only
1: have one book that's overdue right now. That's a, that, that's a feat right there. I check out a lot of books because I have a, I have a child. <laughs> so.
0: Oh man. Uh, I'll say it fine. Charlie. It's been a blast. I've it's enjoyed been a chatting blast with you. Always. Um, is. And <clears throat> I'm going to say, thank you very much for joining me to chat about the exorcist. Yeah, man. Anytime. Once again, a huge, huge thank you to Charlie Eccles for a great chat. <laughs> I just, when this chat was over, I just felt really good about it. Uh, I feel like, you know, uh, listen, you just listened to it, so you can, you can tell me I'm wrong. Uh, but I don't know, I felt like this was a, a good chat between two friends who had some uh, thoughts about this movie that they both uh, really love and adore. Uh, yeah. And it, uh, our, I don't know, our our friendship I think shines through. So how about that? That's nice. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the show. Uh, thank you for listening to the episode. Thank you for, uh, uh, thank you for listening to this mini series. Um, you know, I, I say that every October I feel kind of like a, a tourist in the horror podcasting world. Um, and that's the case, but I mean, I love horror i'm I'm watching horror movies all year long uh and just like consider myself to be a big fan of the genre and I know that there are uh still movies that i haven't seen um, and you know movies that I champion that maybe others don't uh, and movies that i don't that others champion uh that's just you know that's how any genre goes but i I think this is a creative um, exciting uh, thrilling fun genre of films Um, and I think this genre of filmmaking can be treated with as much respect as any other genre of filmmaking Um, does not need to be looked at as like the ugly stepchild of the film world Uh, horror is fantastic horror says a lot Um, and I think when people use their creativity and can make something exciting, um, it's worth applauding instead of, uh, sitting back on your pretentious laurels and judging it. That's my two cents. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, please, you can follow all things fat dude at digs flicks on Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd. Twitter, uh, wherever you get your social media, just do a search for Fat Dude Digs Flicks and you will probably find me there. Uh, Subscribe to this podcast, like this podcast, rate and review this podcast, share this podcast with your friends. I am going to keep doing this show until I am tired of it, Um, but it always helps to have more listeners. I I like when people can hear what I have to say. So if you know somebody that you think would enjoy Uh, What Fat Dude Digs Flicks is all about. Uh, Please share this with your friends. Also, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Good Pods, anywhere you get your pods. If you're listening on Amazon, nope, uh, Apple Music and Spotify, please leave a rating and a review. Uh, That is something else that helps get this out to more people. So um, if you feel so inclined, go ahead and do that because that helps too. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, would like to be a guest, want to leave a donation, anything like that, please shoot an email to fatdudigsflicks at gmail.com. Uh I love having conversations with people. I love getting new guests on the show. Um, for next month, actually, somebody uh, messaged me who... I don't... I can't remember if he's a volunteer at the State Theater or if he's... Uh, just uh, associated with, I think he's a volunteer. Uh, Anyway, but he messaged me a month or so ago and I am uh, in the process of getting back to him so that I can have him on the show next month. So all you gotta do is reach out and I'm gonna get you on the show. I I wanna talk to you. So please, send an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. What else? Oh! Uh, like I said, I'm a tourist, I'm a, I'm a horror podcasting tourist in October, uh, but Casey and Sam from Screams from the Basement are doing it all the time, so please give them a listen. Uh, you can subscribe to their podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Uh Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Good Pods, wherever. Um... If you're on Facebook and want to talk about movies with people, especially if you live in the South Dakota area, join the South Dakota Film Community group page, page group. I'm never going to get it right. I'm never going to get it right. So just, just look for South Dakota Film Community um, and you can talk with some fun people about movies. That's it. That's all. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, to tell you the truth, I'm going to take a two-week hiatus um, after after this episode. Uh, I'll come back probably mid-November. Uh, just, you know, a lot going on. Trying to get some, some shit together. Uh, so that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, and then we'll be back here back in, in November. Same fat channel. And we'll talk about movies. Uh, but until then, be safe out there. Have a wonderful couple of weeks um, don't do anything I wouldn't do, or if you do, have fun doing it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good sign-off. We'll talk to you later. Bye! Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.